Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good afternoon and welcome to the Streetjuice Podcast. We are the ones that got away. I am Mason Migliera. That is Patrick Previty. Hope everyone is having themselves a fantastic day. We are still here on YouTube. This is our second episode here on YouTube. But don't worry, we're still on Spotify for everyone who likes to, you know, listeners are driving down the road, going to work, going to a tailgate, you know, whatever the heck you're doing uh, on this fabulous weekend. Talking about the weekend, today's Saturday for us. Probably going to upload this here a little bit later, but we got championship weekend. Basically, playoff implications are on the line. And last night, that was the case for uh, two teams in Washington and Oregon in the Pac-12. Patrick, this game was phenomenal. It was it lived up to the hype. It was very similar to the game that they played early on in the season. And it also had the same kind of result, a three-point win there for Washington. So that pretty much solidifies them into the, into the college football playoffs. But what does this say for Oregon? Like, is there a shot for Oregon to get in? Because they're a damn good team, dude. Yeah, they are. And you know what? It's a shame, I guess, in a sense that they lose twice over by six total points to a team that is going to be in the playoff, you know, that they don't get another shot at any other teams outside of the conference. Um, I would say it's pretty much over at this point. I think just with how competitive it's been, um, I don't really see it happening. Um, I guess it's happened before in the SEC where like Alabama or Georgia lose in the SEC championship game and then uh, end up falling from wherever they are down to like four or three and they end up making the playoff. I don't see that right now for Oregon, especially since they did lose earlier in the season um, to mm-hmm. Washington. So that gives them two losses. Um, but I will have to see like I wonder if that's kind of interesting to think about. I wonder if there is a disaster scenario that could happen that could get them in. I mean, Texas would have to lose, but then I think they would even give like Ohio State the nod if if it really came down to that. You know, you'd have Alabama would have to lose. You'd almost need it to go chalk, and then and then uh, Oregon could sneak in at like four or something like that. But yeah, it seems to be pretty much over. But shout out to the Huskies, man. They they stayed the course, thirteen and zero in their uh in the Pac-12 conference the last year of it and in one of the most competitive years that it's had in like I would say probably the last at least five or six years very 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 good this year um with all with all the teams that seem to be peaking uh at the wrong time I guess for the conference Mm -hmm. as a whole Um, yeah but yeah that, that team that Washington team is really good I'm very interested to see what they can do to Michigan I think they would probably match up uh two three with Michigan yeah I agree that'll be a hell of a game for sure Michael Penix uh he's definitely in the Heisman conversation and same with Bo Nix um but neither quarterback yesterday was perfect they each had an interception but uh it looks like look Penix played just a little bit better uh in my opinion He, he was able to manage the game a little bit better and uh Dylan Johnson was really the difference maker on the ground for Washington with 152 yards uh, on the ground and two rushing touchdowns. I think he also had and a, a passing touchdown and a pass. Yeah. I was just looking for that. Yeah. 
he had a passing touchdown. That's that's crazy for a running back. So really, really great stuff overall for Washington and just unfortunate for Oregon and Bo Nix. Uh, both Bo Nix and Michael Penix, they've been in college football for a while. Does Bo Nix go back for another year? Is he going to declare for the draft? Is he going to play in the bowl game that they're going to get? What is What are you thinking? Well, that's actually – that's interesting. I don't know if Bonex Bonex actually has any eligibility left. I mean, it seems like everybody's got unlimited eligibility in all honesty. But considering he's going to be 24 in February, I think uh I think it's time for him to go. I think that this was his sixth season. I think he played four at Auburn and now two at uh Oregon. I think he's shown enough to go to the NFL in all honesty. I mean, how much better could it get this year? He was just so dominant. Um, the entire season, it just he just ran into the buzz saw that was Washington essentially this year. So they weren't or Oregon did, uh, and they just weren't able to get over the hump. I mean, he had like you know, over forty touchdowns, only three interceptions. I mean, you really can't ask for a better like closing argument in a sense for a player or prospect. So I don't know why he wouldn't go to the NFL draft now. As far as playing in the bowl game, honestly, like. How many quarterbacks in college football don't play in the bowl game? Like, I'm trying to think. Like, maybe did Will Levis not play in the bowl game last year? Like, I'm trying to think uh, how many players don't go. I mean, they're going to be in um, a New Year's Six Bowl, so it's going to be a very good game, Mm -hmm. Um, good matchup, a chance to really show um, potentially – to you know show off to more scouts on the national stage I, I don't really know i mean obviously now we're getting into the point where uh the combine and everything like that and all the pre-draft stuff like reigns supreme so like that is where the the board seems to move the most nowadays so yep. maybe he would maybe he would go and focus on that but he's got he's got a pretty good size um so i don't really see like him being you know maybe not too maybe not like worried about it but like in a sense, like focusing on it, um, yeah, putting all I of just, his eggs in that I, basket. I just heard it late uh, in the broadcast last night. I think Kirk Herbstreit said it. He was like, "We'll see if he ends up playing in the bowl game," and that was very interesting to me because I don't see Bo Nix as someone who's just going to skip a game like that when it's going to be such a great game. Because I still think that they would be ranked five, so they could end up playing Ohio State, uh, depending on how the chips all fall, but. If, if things remain kind of how they're at, they would end up playing Ohio State, and I think that would be a great game uh, overall. So I think that can only help him. Uh, I don't see it hurting him. So I don't know. And then we'll see what happens with Washington. I think you're right. It, the game against Michigan will be fantastic if that's how everything falls out. And then looking at the other games that we got coming up later today, we got Oklahoma State taking on Texas. Uh, we talked about all this already a little bit, but we'll still uh, – Highlighted again, really unfortunate for Texas that they can't avenge that loss against Oklahoma from earlier in the earlier in the year. Uh, in this uh, Big Twelve championship game, and then we got Georgia and Alabama at four o'clock. That's probably the best game of the day, in my opinion, because if Alabama is able to go and beat Georgia, that is that's just going to create chaos in in the college football world. And then Michigan host uh, playing Iowa. That game is probably going to be. I mean, you were saying it earlier. You said that Iowa has one of the best defenses you've ever seen, but their offense is just pitiful. So we'll see what happens there. If Michigan and their number two ranked and undefeated season will stay uh, the same. It's talking about Florida State taking on Louisville in the ACC championship. It's it's looking grim for. Uh, Tate Roadmaker. It doesn't look like he's going to play. He's, I think he's doubtful at the moment or just a game time decision. So if Florida state is going to be running with a, with a freshman quarterback in the ACC championship, if they can win that game, they've earned their spot in the, in the football in the playoffs. But if not, I would, I, I can't see them making it if they're going to be at a, what 12 and one and not an ACC championship. So we'll see what happens there. Yeah, especially considering they have that loss without Jordan Travis, I think is almost even worse because uh, the committee is definitely taking into account injuries and they're definitely taking into account, like, what does the team look like right now? I mean, you're already seeing that with 
with Texas and Alabama, that conversation, you know, people are pointing that it's that Texas's win over um, Alabama was already back in week two. So they're looking at they're looking at how the teams are playing right now. So I could easily see uh, I think I think it's probably and Florida State knows this. And I think it's probably the feeling of, of everybody. They got to win this one. And they're probably going to be able to get in now, um, as long as just no chaos happens. They just need Alabama not to win against Georgia, and, and nothing, nothing crazy to happen. I think, I think the committee, in all honesty, would give them the respect and put them over Texas. Um, so that's that'd be the only other, uh, the only other concern that they might have. Yeah, it'll be very interesting. What the college football community does is a very tough job, and I'm glad that we don't have to do it. But who knows? Maybe one day we'll get there. But uh, moving in, <laughs> moving into some NFL, that's what we're here for today. We had a game on Thursday night. Dallas was able to take the victory over the Seahawks in a very thrilling game, 41 to 35. What was your biggest uh, takeaway from, from the shootout of a game? Dak Prescott, man. You can you love him or hate him, but you got to respect him. OK, yeah. like you. This this Dak Prescott that we're seeing right now is the best version that we've ever seen in his career. And he is definitely, in my opinion, solidifying himself into MVP talks. Now, they I don't want to get too ahead of myself because I've been saying like they've been beaten up on, you know, the lesser competition and all that good stuff. But the Seahawks are a good team. And you don't really get teams that take care of business like the Cowboys do in my opinion in the NFL all the time it's still week to week like we like to say um you know like the old saying goes like you could just <laughs> you could just lose at any given Sunday uh mm-hmm. so and, and the Cowboys really don't unless they're playing a very like a upper echelon team obviously outside of the Cardinals but for the most part they really they take care of business and I think that that is starting to build Dak a case. And I also think that, you know, there's not like a runaway MVP right now other than maybe like what Jalen Hurts. I think he's got the best odds. Yeah. Um, but like Dak Prescott is really putting together a good case. And that was that was my takeaway. I, I'm I am interested in what they can do against the Eagles, Bills and Dolphins coming up. And they got the Lions after that. I'm very yeah. interested in what they can do over the next four games, because I think part of me was thinking before this game and you know maybe after they lost to the Niners and got killed I put it on the back burner a little bit but it was Eagles 49ers and then was it everybody else in the NFC or was it Eagles 49ers and Cowboys could they hang I mean I think I'm I'm leaning more towards Eagles 49ers and Cowboys I agree I think it's Eagles 49ers and Cowboys the one thing that was kind of plaguing Dallas was they weren't beating uh, teams with a winning record, the same kind of narrative that the Dolphins have. So they were able to beat this team, and Dak had himself another fantastic game, as you were saying, another 300 yards, three touchdowns. I mean, what has he got in his last, like, what, five or six games? I think he's at, like, what, 1,300 yards and, what, 15 touchdowns or something let's let's pull up his yeah he's game. he's been playing extremely well i mean he's got 26 touchdowns six picks on the season mm-hmm. playing really well so yeah in his last uh last five um three touchdowns no picks four touchdowns no picks two touchdowns no picks four touchdowns one pick three touchdowns no picks mm-hmm. and then in all those games uh pretty good yardage outside of the panthers game which was obviously he was he was done by like halftime yeah <laughs> yeah exactly like he was done at halftime. Like I don't know. This this uh Dallas Cowboys team is legit this season, uh, without a doubt. But then turning over to the Seahawks side of things, they're now sitting at what, six and six? Yeah, six and six on the season, two and four on the road, and it doesn't look like they're gonna win their division. So if they were to even sneak into the playoffs somehow, they're gonna end up going on the road and they just haven't been able to play that well so far this season. They're probably gonna have to play a a, a higher level team if they get to the playoffs, like a, like a 49ers or a Cowboys again. So I don't know. I'm not really feeling too confident right now for the Seahawks. They did. They played well in this game. I mean, DK Metcalf popped off. He had 134 yards, three touchdowns. He was all over bland. There was all the, all the memes and everything saying, Oh, bland can't cover anyone. Who's going to be bagging public's bags next, uh next off season and all that stuff. And now and he had like the five, 
pick sixes this year and everything. And now Metcalf was able to surpass him in the total number of touchdowns on the season. Um, but for, for the Seahawks, man, I think it's probably going to be time to start looking towards the future. Is it time for Pete Carroll to uh, be out of there, you think? Or is that is that too extreme? Yeah, that's definitely too extreme. I, I, I see where people might be coming from as far as just wanting to clean house. I think there's a little bit of frustration uh, maybe building because last year they obviously made the playoffs and they signed Geno Smith, but they didn't give him a huge deal. And they could have been in the market for like a quarterback and made Geno that like a uh, bridge QB. Cause I think that's where everybody was, was looking was like, Oh, like how can, can Geno really sustain this, this level of play. And honestly, for the most part, uh, he kind of has outside of being injured and playing injured that you could tell like last week before this, this Cowboys game that he was obviously hurt. Um, but outside of that, he's played well. And for the most part, I don't think Pete Carroll's at all the issue. I just think that they are probably going to be in the market for another quarterback next year. Um, I think, and you know what? They still have a chance to make the playoffs this year. They're going to have to take care of business. They have the 49ers next week, which is a very important game. I mean, 49ers play the Eagles um, this up this Sunday, which is the game of the week, probably. And uh, that is not a division game. So that kind of helps them out a little bit. And that's potentially a loss. So they maybe didn't lose any ground in the standings there. I mean, I think it would be a long shot for them to win the division. But considering that they have the 49ers still on the slate, uh, they control a fair amount of their own destiny in a sense. Because if they were to win next week and the 49ers lost to the Eagles, I mean, they'd be 7-6 and six and the 49ers are 8-6. and uh, are eight and six, So, or excuse me, 8-5. and five. But yeah, <laughs> um, that, that's, a, that's obviously just one game behind. So in the last column. Yeah, we'll have to see what happens with that. I think uh, also they would, if they're in the market for a quarterback right now, the Seahawks uh, for this upcoming draft, that would, uh, there's a lot of good quarterbacks coming out of, out of college right now. So that would be a very uh, opportune time to grab a, grab a franchise guy uh, over there in Seattle. But yeah, moving think, on. Wait, oh, I'm sorry. Okay, uh, no. I was gonna say yeah. Before we move on, and I think they could get a guy in like the mid, the mid first round. Oh, like, I don't think they would have to trade up, but but maybe you could see something like trading up. I remember like the yeah. last year of Alex Smith, like you had the guy. There was no chance that Patrick Mahomes was gonna play at all that year, and then he played in the in the final game against Denver or whatever. You can do something like that. Like you did, Geno Smith is a good starting quarterback in the NFL. I'm I'm on that train. I'm not saying that he can't start in the NFL. But, you know, the, the Seahawks have a lot of talent on that roster. I mean, especially on the offensive side of the ball. So, like, if you wanted to do a bridge quarterback and take another year and also get your cap right, um, I don't see why not. And I don't see why they wouldn't take a quarterback in, in at least a, at least in the first, like, three or four rounds. I mean, wh- wherever they want. But, you, but you know, like a mm-hmm. serious guy that can actually start, not just some guy that they're going to take a flyer on just because. Like, a, like yeah. a real potential starting quarterback in the NFL. So I think top three rounds or something like that. But, yeah. Yeah, no doubt. that That'll be a good talking point for uh, for Seattle and something that I think they should be, should be looking at. But let's move into the Sunday slate. I don't know if you got it pulled up, but, do you want to make a little parlay as we're going through this today? I think it'd be a good idea. Oh gosh, yeah. Well, we'll do a twelve legger or whatever. How many, how many yeah. games are on Sunday? I believe yeah. twelve. Yeah, something like that. Whatever we got, but we'll start off with the the Jets and the Falcons. First of all, we got Aaron Rodgers coming back to practice, so it's it is time to talk about it because that is absurd. He he tore his Achilles thirteen weeks ago, twelve weeks ago, some. I think 13 weeks ago and he is back on a football field. I don't know what voodoo dolphin noises magic that he's got going on in his rehab, but it's, it's remarkable that he is back on a football field and and it's good for, for the jets for sure. But I don't think it's realistic that he plays this season just based on where the jets are at in the standings and in their season. Yeah, isn't it amazing how like that might be the reason why he doesn't end up playing? Mm-hmm. Like I I've heard a ton of different things from like, you know, all these 
YouTube doctors and all that sort of stuff. Apparently it's, it's a real thing that he could like actually go and play. He would obviously have like some legitimate concerns about like re-injury and stuff like that, which is, seems to be the case with like calf injuries a lot where re-injury is like a big deal, but it's amazing that like he can go out there and play and he'll have limitations. Um, and realistically, the only thing that's going to be stopping him right now is just the fact that the Jets probably won't be in playoff contention. Nope. And so uh, he and he obviously mentioned that he just doesn't see a point. And thank God that he wouldn't just go out there in like the last two weeks of the season if they were like eliminated or it was just such a ridiculous long shot. You know, he, he wouldn't go out there and play. But um, it's kind of amazing when you look at it that that's the true reason why we're not going to see him this year. And I and I agree. I, I don't think that the Jets are going to be in playoff contention. And, but it's kind of amazing as well just – the motivation that he's given this team, I think, I mean, if I'm a Jets player, you know, I'm and I'm dealing with Zach Wilson and the revolving door of like the backup Jets quarterbacks that they try to throw out there instead. Um, I'm motivated now. I'm like, Oh shoot. Like if this guy's going to, you know, put his career on the line, you know, cause a re-injury or like any, like not just a, another torn Achilles, but like a, just a regular re-injury, I think almost probably maybe it doesn't shut the door on Aaron Rodgers. who knows, but like with him, but you know, he he's risking the rest of his career, essentially. Um, and so if I'm a Jets player, man, I'm hype. I'm I'm motivated. I'm like, yo, this guy's really down for the cause. And if if this motivates this team, I mean, looking at the standings, just because they're sitting at 15th out of 16th in the AFC does not mean there's no shot because the seventh seed is a playoff spot. And that that is held by the six and five Indianapolis Colts. Let's say the Colts lose and the Jets win. Colts are sitting at six and six. Jets are sitting at five and seven. That's just a one game difference. And then Houston, Denver, they're tied. So one of them is going to hop in at seven and five. I mean, it's not over necessarily. It feels over, but this is a game that the, the Jets are favored in and they can very easily win. Although the Falcons, they are in first place in the South over there in the NFC. But I don't see them being a great team. They're not a great team. Like, I think the Jets and this defense can do enough to let Tim Boyle throw a touchdown or two. And then, bada bing, bada boom, you're sitting at five and seven uh, with Aaron Rodgers coming back in potentially two weeks. Bada bing, bada boom. Yeah, no, there's certainly things that can happen. I mean, considering if they're in the in the hunt graphics, then hell, they'll they'll have a shot, I guess. Yeah. I mean, so you're telling me that there's a chance. That's kind of yep. the vibe that's going on right now in New York. I mean, as long as they can just hold it together, I think you're, uh, you know, we talked about this last episode. Like, I'm looking at three teams here that I think are probably going to fall out. Uh, the Steelers, Browns, and Colts from the from mm-hmm. the playoffs. So that's three spots open. I mean, I think, it, I think it'll be taken by the Texans, Broncos, and Bills. But I'm also – delusional about Buffalo. So maybe I need to pay more attention to the Jets because if Aaron Rodgers comes back, I mean, God, that's going to be a, that's going to be the biggest storyline of the NFL this entire season. I think it's going to be a shot of adrenaline for that entire team, that entire offense. And I could, they could go on a win streak right there. So we'll have to see what happens, but I I don't think either of us have much to say about the Falcons. I mean, maybe they'll use Bijan Robinson, but this Jets defense is just, it's, it's legit. And I don't know how Desmond Ritter or Heineke or whoever is going to be the quarterback there for Atlanta during this game. I don't know how they're going to manage it because it it's a real, real threat. Yeah, absolutely. So we both got Atlanta. Yeah. Wait, <laughs> wait, you do? You have Atlanta winning? Yeah, I'm going to have Atlanta winning. I'm not taking I, the Jets, man. I'm, I'm going to have to go with the Jets, man. The defense is really good for, for the Jets, and I just don't know how – it's basically picking which offense will do more. Yeah, I think, I, this, think I mean, I think it'll be like 13-10. Falcons. Like, I don't think it'll be, you know, 35-31. No, I'm going to go with the Jets, man. I'm going to go with the Jets. Give me the Jets uh, just to win outright. I'm not going to go with the plus two or anything. I guess I'll take the plus two because if they're going to win, they're going to win. So, um, yeah, we'll go with that. And then into the next game, we got the ah 
Patriots taking on the Chargers. This game is going to be very interesting, in my opinion, for the wrong reasons, I think. Uh, both these teams are really underperforming this year, specifically the Patriots, man, sitting at 2-9. and nine. They're just waiting for the season to come to an end. It's been a dreadful year for them. The same thing with the Chargers, man. They're sitting at 4-7 and seven with not a whole lot going for them. I know that you're wondering how Brandon Staley is still there. I'm still wondering how Brandon Staley is still there. I think if this game, if they do not win against the two and nine New England Patriots, he's got to be out of there. He has to be. I mean, I've been having the countdown going for a while now for Brandon Staley. It looks like they just don't want to fire him in season, which I get. I think from an organizational standpoint, and we talked about this last week, there are, there are pros and cons to firing your coach uh, midseason, in my opinion. There are actual pros <laughs> to it. Um. It looks like they're just going to ride this season out with him, in all honesty. Although I will say, man, if, if they lose to the Chargers or if they lose to the Patriots this week, there will definitely be a lot, a lot of people. Like, I think nationally, it'll be a, a bigger topic uh, calling for Staley's job because the the Patriots are in an offensive slump right now. I mean, outside of Ramondre Stevenson, who's rushed for like, I believe, you know, almost 300 yards over the last three games. Mm-hmm. And, you know, with a few touchdowns, he's been playing pretty well. Um but outside of him, they have nothing else on offense. I mean, I don't even know if a starting quarterback has been announced yet. I mean, but it doesn't even really matter. Regardless, Brandon Staley, defensive coach, needs to shut down the Patriots. They should have no offense because they haven't had any all season. Um, if they were to win and score more than, you know, the Golden Boy and his offense, I think that there's going to be obvious issues. But I think my the main thing that I'm looking from this game, because we've talked about Staley a lot, is what the hell does Mac Jones do after this year? Because he's obviously not going to be the guy in New England anymore. Is he going to be the guy somewhere else? Does he request to be cut or traded? I don't know. Like maybe he could get traded for like a fifth or a sixth. I don't yeah. know. It might even be too generous, honestly. His stock is so low right now. I don't even know who would take him. I think maybe somebody would take him as a backup, and he yeah. could he could sit behind um, somebody for a few years, kind of almost like how Jameis did it, like with the Saints. And then he did end up getting a shot, but he's been in and out of the lineup with injury. You know, mm-hmm. I could see that. I could see that being his career trajectory right now. I mean, I or maybe he gets another shot, like like Tannehill, and goes somewhere else. Ooh, like Tannehill. I don't. Yeah, I mean, Tannehill think... didn't start out as a starter in Tennessee. You know, he was behind Mariota. Oh yeah, you're right. Here, but you know, you're right. You're right. But I don't think Tannehill was on the same like downward trajectory that okay. Mac Jones is on. Like, I think Mac Jones is hitting rock bottom right now. I, I don't think it could get any worse than it has for him right now. So yeah, I agree. I don't think it could get any worse, Mason. This is a, his statistics are really, really awful this year. I mean, this is just one of the worst. Um, this is one of the worst seasons I've Austin. seen from quarterback. Yeah, yeah. It's it's been a really, really bad season. But I think uh, out of New England, it will be good for him, and as a backup, will be good for him. It'll it'll allow him, and he has to be behind a good quarterback. Like he can't behind be behind some like rookie. Or something like that. He needs to be to be behind a veteran quarterback, in my opinion. Yeah, he's got ten touchdowns and twelve picks on the year. He de- they definitely need a veteran QB. I mean, if you look, if you're looking at the last four games for this team since their win over Buffalo, seventeen points, seventeen points, six points, seven points. Yeah, and Mac Jones has just been really, really, really bad. But you know, it can't all fall on him because Bailey Zappi. You know, they they keep trying to throw him in. I don't know why they keep trying to make that work. Um, because that's not working. He is not a starting quarterback in the NFL. If Mac Jones isn't, Bailey Zappi definitely isn't. Um, no. and and it's not working for either of them. Nope, not not at all, not at all. So in this game, I think we both got uh the Chargers. Yeah. Yeah, I still think they have enough to win this game. There's just no way this would be a disaster scenario. I agree. I agree. All right. So then the next game that we've got is going to be the Saints taking on. The Lions, right? Where's it at? Yeah. Yes. Uh, yes. And I think Thanks this could be this. Sm- this smells like a trap game for the Lions almost. Mm. I usually in trap games the team is on fire, and then they you know run into a lesser team, look over them or look past them, and 
they take an L. I don't think the Lions are looking past them. I just think that the Saints are sneaky good when they can't when they want to be or when they can be essentially. They can uh, take down a team like the Lions, in my opinion. Um, I'm going with the Lions. Um, because just Derek Carr, there's so many unknowns with him right now. He's just so up and down. I mean, they brought him in to just to be the next long-term quarterback since or after Drew Brees. And this season has just been so much meh from him. That's my only concern. And that's why I'm I'm still gonna pick the Lions, but I see this game being pretty close. Really? I yeah don't I don't see it that way. Just the offense on for New Orleans, all they got basically is Kamara and Olave. I guess that's not terrible. That's a good combo to have, but I just don't feel very confident in Derek Carr having all season. And I think the Lions, they're you know they're going to be coming off that rough game against Green Bay, and that uh, with the loss. And I think they're going to come out. Every time I've said that a team's going to come out angry, they don't end up playing that angry. But I think Dan Campbell's going to have this team ready to play, and. uh I think Detroit is going to have their way with New Orleans and they're going to take the victory here. The line is four and a half here on ESPN bet on our little Fliff app. It's at minus four. I'm taking Detroit minus four. I honestly think that the Saints are going to cover. Ooh, I'm okay. I'm pretty close to picking them to win, but I just still don't see it. Like, I mean, with their car, it's just been so up and down. Fair enough. Yeah. But let's just move into the next one. We got the Colts taking on the Tennessee Titans. This is a another matchup where it's two quarterbacks who are not supposed to be playing at the start of the season that are now in the starting lineup because due to injury and poor performance. So which quarterback? And we got Gardner Minshew leading a playoff team at the moment and Will Levis leading a Tennessee Titans team that is just trying to tread water and finish the rest of the season and not really having much expectation. What are your thoughts on this game? Well, you covered the bases with the quarterbacks. I think Will Levis right now is... (laughs) I'm impressed, and I think he's kind of fighting almost to make sure that he's not going to be a bridge QB because I could see a scenario where the Titans might go if they really fall in love with another guy. Um, with a quarterback, um, but I think, I think the Colts. You know, I, am I crazy for not buying into them at all to being a playoff team and being able to finish off this year? I feel like everybody's overlooking them, and maybe I'm doing them a disservice. They are favored today only by a point. Um, I, I don't know if I'm crazy, but I just don't see the Colts like at all. Like I, I see them dropping. I have the Titans winning today too. Um, the Colts don't have a tough schedule at all, though. They got the. They got the Bengals, Steelers, Falcons, Raiders, and Texans. They got a couple important games there uh, against the Steelers and the Texans. But outside of that, I mean, the rest of them are pretty winnable. So I don't know if I'm crazy for just, like, throwing out the Colts. No, you're not crazy for it because I, I, I don't see it either. Uh, I don't think they're better than the Texans, honestly. As I feel like that's crazy to say, but I don't think they are. And then the Steelers – I think they're about the same. I don't know. Maybe without Matt Canada now, maybe the Steelers have a little bit of an edge. But then those other games against the Falcons and the Raiders and even the Bengals, I think that they can easily take uh, take all three of those games. And then I think they're going to win this game against the Titans. So it's not crazy to think. What are they sitting at? Six wins right now? So six, Yeah, six and five. So, I mean, yeah, if they win this week. If they win this week, they're seven and five. Obviously, I don't think that they're going to win. Uh, this is the Titans' first uh, stint and uh, with back-to-back home games this year, so I think mm-hmm. that definitely helps them a little bit. Um, okay. But I, I just, yeah, seven and five would put the Colts at a at a spot that I think would help them. Uh, shoot, they might even move. You know, they they probably would move up out of this out of the seventh seed and into like what the fifth seed. That's a pretty good spot to be in. That would be a good spot to be in. But we got to do – you do have to remember that Jonathan Taylor is out. He has that – what is it, a thumb? Something like that, some hand injury. I could be mistaken. But he's out for – I think he's out for the rest of the season. Yeah, he is out for the rest of the season, and it is an so, injured thumb. So that is also something to take into consideration. If you're looking at making a bet or something, definitely have – a. oh, my God, Zach Moss in there for – 
because uh, they're gonna they're gonna definitely use him. But oh, is man, Zach Moss just... is one of the better the uh, one of the better backup running backs in the league at Without this point? When he when he had to fill in, he was you know that was the run game was not the issue when Zach Moss had to fill in. So I'm not too concerned with that. Mm, I don't know. You're I'm... kind of swaying me. I like the back to back home games. Uh I don't know which way I want to go. You're going you're going Titans. I'm going with Titans. Uh what did I have originally? I got the Colts originally, so I'm gonna stick with that. Give me the Colts. Well, I like the I like the integrity. I like the integrity. I you gotta <laughs> respect it. But then talking about another trap game that we that we got could be for the Steelers facing the Cardinals this week. The Steelers' defense, man, it, it's something else. I, I've been saying it all season. I think they're they're one of the best in the NFL. I really like T.J. Watt back there. Um, I just don't see how the Cardinals sitting at two and ten. I don't care that they got Kyler Murray. It's just it, it's not been a good year for the Cardinals, and I don't see how the Steelers are going to trip up at home against them. Yeah, so I think this is going to be another low scoring game, like we talked about with like the Falcons and the Jets. Um, and you know what? The Steelers, it's the post-Matt Canada era. They put up 421 yards of offense last week, but they only had 16 total points against the Cincinnati team without Joe Burrow, who, you know, I they're, I don't know how inspired they're playing right now. Um, yeah, I, I, I've bought into the Kyler Murray uh, Cardinals. I believe I've picked them every single week now, for the or for the last two weeks, I should say, uh, since he's been back. Uh, I'm picking him again. In all honesty, I think I don't know if I'm just like hating on the uh, on the uh, on the Colts um, and the Steelers for being in the playoffs and the Browns, too. I'm picking against the Browns when we get to the Rams game um, as well. I don't know if I'm hating on these teams, trying to push an agenda, trying to hope, trying to hope and pray that I'm right, that these teams are going to fall out. And the three teams that I think are going to jump in do jump in. But um, I, I think Kyler Murray adds something to this to this squad that does make this Cardinals team a lot better than their record might show. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm going to take the Cardinals in this game. Also, it should be noted that the Steelers, in, in my opinion, I do think that they have a really good defense, but some of these games are, are against some really bad quarterbacks. Um, They, uh, if you look at their last four, four games before their you know their loss to Trevor Lawrence and the Jags they've played the Bengals without Joe Burrow the Browns and you know that obviously with their backup quarterback situation uh they knocked one of them out <laughs> too and <laughs> the and the Packers with Jordan Love I think they could take advantage of a young quarterback and then the Titans with Will Levis um I, I don't really see that as like I'm looking at the quarterbacks I don't really see that as it's very good, in my oh, opinion. Yeah. yeah, I mean, they have some good wins over teams like the Ravens and the Rams, um, who have a competent starting quarterback. Actually, I, I don't – I believe Stafford played in the game against the Steelers. Um, I'd have to look back at that. But um, they have some losses – yeah, he did play. Um, they have some losses against, like, the Texans and the 49ers against quarterbacks that are legit. Uh, mm-hmm. So I just I, – I keep that in the back of my head. A little bit. I think I'm pushing an agenda right now a little bit uh, against the Steelers. I do think that their defense is really talented, but uh, when a talented quarterback goes um, comes into town, it's always a little tougher. And any given Sunday, baby, I'm picking upsets this week, Mason. I'm going. I'm going against the grain. I got a few more too up my sleeve that I haven't even mentioned yet. All um, right. I'm going with the Cardinals though. I'm going to disagree with you. I I think the Steelers are going to win. I. But you're 100% fair, and that argument is a pretty good one, in my opinion, when you're going up against a very competent quarterback. Not saying that those other ones aren't, but they're rookie or they're just not as good. Um, So uh, that argument is is great, but I'm still going to go with the Steelers in this one. I think their offense, without having Matt Canada, uh, they were really able to stretch the field a lot more in their last game. And I think they're going to do that again this week against the Cardinals. Next game we got is the Miami Dolphins heading into D.C. and taking on the Commanders. I don't see this how this game is uh, a loss for the Dolphins. If it is, 
it would be heartbreaking. What is that? Nine and a half? Yeah, nine and a half. Give me the give me the spread there as well. I'm gonna go Homer for sure. I just don't see how Tua mm-hmm. and Tyreek, Raheem Moster, A chance coming back. Um our offensive line is definitely beat up a little bit, but I I'm sorry. There's no way that the commanders are gonna be able to outscore the Dolphins, in my opinion. Yeah, so I'm not picking an upset here. Okay. <laughs> Dolphins take care of business. Worried. You mentioned it actually earlier. Dolphins take care of business just like the Cowboys do with these uh, lower-level teams. And uh, the Commanders just fired their defensive coordinator. Ron Rivera is now calling defensive plays. Um, that's a tall task for anybody, especially Riverboat Ron, the vet, uh, veteran coach in this league, one of the longer-tenured coaches in the league. I know, um, obviously not with the same team, but – uh, he's he's been around the block, seen a thing or two, but this Dolphins team is rolling. Um, Tua just needs to clean it up. He did not play all that well uh, last week. He had a couple picks. One was a pick six. As long as he just cleans that up, uh, I think they should be fine. He's got 10 interceptions, though, which I believe is fourth uh, in the NFL. So he just needs to uh, just make sure he doesn't turn the ball over too much against this commander's team because they're not sorry. <laughs> they're not they're no. not ass. They're pretty no. they're they're decent. They're just not in the playoff hunt, um, and they're not on the Dolphins' level, so they should take care of business. But they can uh, they can take advantage of uh, the Dolphins if they have a ton of turnovers. And obviously, the Dolphins are reeling a little bit from um, from their uh, – who was injured? Who got injured? Jalen Phillips. Yeah, Jalen yeah. Phillips, yeah. So obviously, it's a little bit uh, – I don't know. Did playing you for him the... a little bit. That That's just such an unfortunate injury for him. I know we talked about it last episode, but it's just like – you really hate to see that. On the Hard Knocks episode, he was mic'd up during that game, and just the heartbreak and the and the shock that he endured from that it was was so heartbreaking. And uh, yeah, I'm definitely showing my my bias here, but I always got to support wait, wait, wait. my Dolphins. So. No, well, yeah, of course. Have you been watching the Hard Knocks? As yeah, it's been I have yeah. I mean, I imagine I would too if it was the Bucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's it's uh it, it was heartbreaking for sure. But, you know, you got to move on, right? You got to keep going. And that's uh that's what the Dolphins are going to keep doing. And so the next game that we're going to talk about is the Denver Broncos and the Houston Texans. This is probably the game of the week, in my opinion. Uh, Maybe not the caliber that you're that you're expecting, but it's a playoff game. Both these teams are pretty hot at the moment. Uh, especially the Broncos coming on a five-game win streak. Russell Wilson has not thrown a pick in that five-game span either. So this game is – oh, man. It's not a game that I expected to be a good one before the season started. But now that we're here, they're both sitting at six and five. I don't know. What are your thoughts on this one before I give my opinion? Well, the Broncos are forcing a ton of turnovers over the last four games. I believe they have 15 forced turnovers. That's been the story. And then, obviously, Russell Wilson has not been garbage this year, which certainly helps uh, the Broncos' cause. I think, um, look, C.J. Stroud has come down to earth a tad, okay? He obviously did not play very well um, against the Cardinals. Played well against the Jags last week, but they weren't able to win. Um, I think... I'm taking the Broncos and I'm a little scared because I do think that this is a toss up and this is one of the biggest uh, games of the week. Um, Now, where do the the Texans go if they lose this game? Um, I'll say this. I think the Texans are a very good team, um, but this does worry me because this does feel like almost winning you're in and and lose and you might be out because you, you got some ground to make up. But the Texans have the Jets, Titans, Browns, Titans and Colts. That is more than doable. This is the toughest game remaining on their schedule, in my opinion. Obviously, they have two games against a division opponent in three weeks. That is usually, you know, that's going to get chippy. That's going to be kind of one of those things where I could see them splitting it, but I think they need it so badly. I don't, I think they could take care of business and win out straight up. I think that they could end up being 11 6 after potentially losing the Broncos this week. So I think that. The Texans, with their schedule, they're going to be okay uh, for their playoff hopes. But this does feel like 
I don't know. This this feels like a playoff game. I'm very interested in this. I think we got a treat, honestly, this week um, yeah. with with this matchup because not not every year you see the uh, Texans and Broncos fighting for a uh, playoff spot, yeah. especially after the last couple of years that we've seen with these teams. Um, yeah. And we're fighting for a playoff spot in December. Yep, fighting for a playoff spot in week 13, and that's exactly what's happening in this game because I think uh, whoever loses this game I don't think they'll end up making it. And I'm going to go with the Texans winning this game. They're at home. They're uh, they're underdogs at home. They're minus three. But I think that this win streak for the Broncos has to come to an end uh, at some point. And I think that that's going to be this week. CJ Stroud, as you said, he's not been playing as well as he was to start the season early on. But um I think that he's going to find his ground. And I think that uh, Domingo Ryans is going to have a good game plan for this game against the Broncos. And uh, I don't know. It's just one of those gut feelings. It's probably going to be wrong knowing how I go. But, you know. Honestly, though, honestly, I I could see this game being – I could see it going both ways. I I could see it both. I'm just riding the Broncos right now until, until they fall off. Because I'm really bought into Russell Wilson and Sean Payton being a duo for a long time coming. I'm I'm on that train. I mean, there's really nothing that's that shows me that this isn't going to be the uh, the tandem for the next few years. Um, mm-hmm. But also, we it should be noted that you know C.J. Stroud did not have a great game a couple a couple weeks ago, but his completion percentage is still off the charts. I believe 72 and 74 percent. In the last few games, and then he's obviously throwing for well over 300 yards in most of these games, so he's still playing extremely well. Um, so no, no hate to CJ Stroud, no, not at all. It regardless, it's going to be a great game, and I think it's good for football that we have essentially a playoff game in week 13. So, yeah, we got a few of these, we got a, we yeah. have a few of these. I, I would say, like, I would say even the, the Saints Lions game feels a bit like a playoff game, too. Yeah, for sure, because the Saints, they're definitely fighting for it right now. And the and the Lions, I mean, they're trying to prove that they are they can win their division, and they're still fighting for that. So we definitely get, do got a couple of them. But one that's probably not as much of a playoff game is uh, the Carolina Panthers and Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Carolina just fired Frank Reich. Tampa Bay sitting at 4-7, and seven, really kind of... After, after what seemed like a very positive start to the year, they've kind of fallen off for sure. I'm sure you can talk to that uh, more as the resident Bucks fan here on the podcast. But um, yeah, I, with the Panthers, maybe they get a little rah-rah and they, they get behind their new uh, their new head coach or their interim head coach. What not it? Who was it? Was it their special teams coordinator that's now their head coach? I can't even remember. And then I know they got rid of... Uh, a couple guys, Josh McCowan being one of them, a quarterback's coach. Maybe he wasn't good for Bryce Young. Who who knows? But uh, either way, both of these teams are struggling mightily in all fashions. But uh, I think Tampa Bay is just the better team here, and you got to take them. So when I pick these games, I don't really see like the Bucks. Like I don't let that like get into my into my mental state. I don't let my Bucks fandom uh, get in the way of me trying to pick these games correctly, especially considering that they're not all that great this year and they have fallen off from their start, uh, you know, the year, which I could have guessed, honestly. Um, and but circling back um, before I say why I think the Panthers are going to win this game. Oh, my God. Yeah. I, right when you started talking, I had a feeling I was like, there's no way. <laughs> Uh, their interim coach is their special teams coach. And it should be noted that when a team has or brings in the interim coach, doesn't it seem like they always play well that first week? I yes. mean, look, it when you're on a really bad team like this, you're not making the playoffs. The Panthers have already been eliminated and you don't have your pick for next year. You don't have it. The Bears have it. So, like, I think at a certain point, you know, you got dudes – you know the the head coach is is playing is is motivated because he's in a position that he might never be in again um and he's got what five games left in the year to show that he's an NFL head coach to show the rest of the world that he's an NFL head coach he's motivated and you got dudes on this roster 
fighting for their roster spot. This is almost like training camp all over again. You got five more weeks. You're not just playing for a check, but you're playing for the rest of your checks because there's going to be an overhaul with this team. This team could potentially be, now I think, two in 15. But this team could potentially be one in 16, one of the worst teams that we've ever seen um, in the history of the National Football League, just record-wise. So mm-hmm. you got a lot of guys, I think, that are playing, that are going to be playing tough and playing hard out there. You obviously can't phone it, uh, like phone, mail it in um, in the NFL, or you're just going to get whacked and get hurt. But um, I, I, I like... I like the energy that comes with an interim head coach in the first week after that, I'm, I'm out, but uh, usually you can see, you, you can see him playing hard. And as far as the bucks, you know, they're not eliminated right now, but they're dealing with so much. Is Baker really even a hundred percent ready to go? Um, is Todd Bowles going to be there next year? I don't know. I mean, is Mike Evans, like he might be gone. There's a lot of different stuff. I think that just catching just, looking at this through through a vacuum um i I think that the panthers are going to play some inspired football this week and the bucks are on the consistent decline although they're not eliminated from the division contention somehow some way uh with the anemic nfc south but um give me the panthers to go to two and ten because why not any given sunday divisional game all right that you had that's my you had spiel. A fair, you had a fair argument. That's all against your team. Just remember that. That's against your team. I I'm sorry. I can't do that. Um, I do understand and and agree with the when you get an interim coach that first week. It just there's some weird aura that they just rally behind him and they get him that win. But I just don't see it. Not with this team. Not with the Panthers, man. Not with the Panthers. So give me the Bucks. Next game, we got the Cleveland Browns taking on the Los Angeles Rams. This is a fascinating matchup, in my opinion, because the Cleveland Browns are going to be led by Joe Flacco. That, to me, is wild because, obviously, Joe Flacco is a very is very used to the, to the North, to the AFC North, but with the Ravens. And his last team that he played for was the Jets. And he's been out of the league this entire season. And uh, the Cleveland Browns were like, oh, shoot, we need a quarterback. And they went to a guy that would beat up on them for many, 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 many years. I don't think it's going to do anything for him. I, I don't think uh, I don't think Joe Flacco is going to light up the scoreboard at all. I think if he gets one touchdown, that's a that's a victory. But uh, again, this defense is fantastic and it's the reason that they're sitting at seven and four and then the rams they've just been a weird team all season they're sitting at five and six i don't know if matthew stafford is able to figure out this defense then yeah the rams will win but if not i think joe flacco coming out off the couch is able to manage a game pretty well and can can get his get the browns to a victory joe flacco off the couch yeah i know it's kind of crazy isn't it wild that this man won a Super Bowl and Super Bowl MVP, got the car and everything? Mm-hmm. I mean, Joe Flacco was an elite quarterback at one point in the NFL. Yep. And now he's just kind of filling in. This is this is interesting. We've seen this a lot this year where a quarterback just off the street or just mm-hmm. not on the team has learned the playbook well enough to just be inserted in the lineup. But I gave uh, I gave away my hand or I showed my hand a little bit earlier when I said that I was picking against all of those uh, AFC teams that were in the playoffs right now. I'm going to go with the Rams as well. I I think the return of Kyron Williams helps this team a lot. And mm-hmm. they, we didn't mention them when we were talking about the Seahawks, but they are fighting for a playoff spot as well in yeah. that division. And I'm very, I'm very intrigued. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at this. I could see a path for them to make the playoffs. They hadn't scored um, above 20 points since Kyron Williams came back. Last week they did. He ran for 143 yards and caught two touchdowns. I think that really helps Matt Stafford out. I think he really needs that right now. Um, Stafford is low-key washed uh, at this point. (laughs) Now, they didn't play the Cardinals last week, so I can't really talk too much, although I am higher on the Cardinals than maybe anybody else in the world. But Mm -hmm. um, So so I'm going to tail it back a little bit. 
Um, especially going against the Browns defense. That's a, that's a way bigger task um, than the Cardinals defense, but I like what I'm seeing from the Rams. And I think they have a lot to play for as well in this game. And I don't think anybody's really talking about it. And I think this is the kind of game that uh, gets people talking. I think the Rams well, can win. Also, I think that the line is three and a half. I don't know if you mentioned that. Um, I think they're going to cover that as well. Um, I don't know how many points they're going to end up scoring. I don't know if they're going to get into the 30s or anything like that on this Browns defense, one of the best defenses in the league. But I just don't see the Browns offense scoring any more than like 17. 10. Oh, Yo, okay. 10, was... 10 to 17. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. I was about to say 17, 10 Rams, something around there. Uh, That would be... That be I, I I can agree. I'll I'll go with that as well. I think it's a fair argument. And uh, yeah, I don't think the Browns' offense is. I I don't know. I'm just not that confident in it. Uh, I again, I still think that Joe Flacco can manage a game. But you're right. Kyron Williams coming back is a huge boost for that uh, Rams team. So we shall see. But moving on to the next team in that same division in the in the West, the 49ers are going out. East and going to Philadelphia and taking on the Eagles. This is a NFC championship game rematch that the 49ers have had circled on their calendar since the, since that last game, since that NFC championship game, Philadelphia, listen, they're sitting at 10 and one. You got to respect them for it. But the narrative is this might be one of the worst 10 and one teams that we've ever seen. And that one loss coming to the New York jets, like what you're going to let the New York jets tarnish a perfect season how rude and how unacceptable but i don't know man this tush push and the and the and the eagles team man it's really really good i i can't argue it um they're just they're just scraping by in these games but that's what good teams do they 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 find a way to win games and uh the 49ers they had that little streak where they lost those three in a row but they got Christian McCaffrey back there. They got Ayuk. They got Debo. They got Kittle. And then Purdy's able to just pick and choose his weapons. I don't know. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with uh, the Eagles at home here. I think that tush push is just gonna be too much, and uh, they're gonna find a way to 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 outscore and win and beat the 49ers. Yeah. Um... They're the the Eagles are underdogs at home, yeah, which I think is pretty amazing. Um, I don't know where this stems from exactly. If this is from the NFC Championship game that's ten months ago when the 49ers just had, you know, no quarterback essentially by the end of the game, and is there a feeling that everybody thinks that the 49ers are better than the Eagles or they match up well against the Eagles? Like I have no idea where uh, this line is coming from necessarily. I do think that uh, the Eagles are going to win this game. Um, but I think we're going to learn a lot about about both teams. I think we're going to know exactly who's the best team after this game, in my opinion, in the NFC. Um, but I don't think even with a loss here, if the Eagles were to lose, I don't think that the 49ers are going to catch them as far as uh, like getting a bye in the first week. Now, they would have the head-to-head victory over them, but I don't think that they would catch them record-wise. Uh, so I think this is more of just like a, a measuring stick kind of game rather than fighting for a bye kind of game. I mean, if if the Eagles were to lose this game, then they go and they have to play Dallas. And Dallas coming off of a nice win, Dak playing at an MVP level. I mean, it could it could be a little two-game losing streak for the Eagles. And then the 49ers are right there. And so, same with the Cowboys. The Cowboys could be right there. So it if the Eagles don't win this game, I would be nervous for next week because I think momentum is a real thing. And if they lost this week, I can see it also happening next week against the Cowboys. So we'll have to see. Who was your pick for this one, though? You said the uh, Eagles. Eagles. Yeah. Okay. Eagles over the 49ers. And then in the nightcap, we got Kansas City taking on Green Bay. I'm not – I think this will be Kansas City all the way. Uh, prime time, this is just where they shine – um and Jordan Love in his what is it is this his first no it's not his first primetime game because he played on Thanksgiving but I I think the Kansas City offense that it's going to do too much I think Travis Kelsey is going to come out and he's going to have himself a game he needs to show out for Taylor uh he's I feel like things have been kind of 
I don't know. Things have been seeming a little rocky over there. I don't know. But uh, it's quiet. Yeah. All quiet on the Western Front over there. It's I, been I, quiet. Sometimes, right. sometimes, man, you know, you got to get out of the public eye. People talk. You got to keep it, keep it on down low. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. But uh, who, who, who do you got for this one? Because I got the Kansas City. Yeah, I got Kansas City too. We could keep this one pretty short. I, I like yeah. the Packers. You know, they're trying to get you know their third straight win. Maybe there's something here. Um, the Chiefs kind of played with their food a little bit last week uh, against the Raiders, but. I don't really see too much from the Packers in this game specifically. And in the final game on Monday night, we got the Cincinnati Bengals taking on the Jacksonville Jaguars with Joe Burrow being out. The Cincinnati Bengals team is different. They're not the same. They're not that sexy flashy team that they are when he's on the field. So give me Jacksonville taking the victory here uh, at home. The not, the line is nine. I think that's a lot, but with what Jake Browning as the quarterback, I guess it's understandable, but um, yeah, big week for Washington football. Shout out Jake Browning, but yeah, uh, I think in the Jags, honestly, if they had lost last week to the uh, Texans, um, this game probably would have meant a lot more for them. Now I don't think so much. I think the the pressure is now on the Texans to beat the Broncos this week, and I think the Jags are kind of more in a not like celebration mode, but they haven't been on Monday night football in 12 years, which is kind of amazing. Yeah. So, wow. So they're, they're definitely in like, um, in like a, we've arrived kind of situation right now. I don't know. I'm I'm at a loss for words at exactly what I think that this means for their team or their organization. Um, But I think they're in a really good spot. And I think this is kind of almost a homecoming game for them a little bit. This game would have been very, very important uh, had the Bengals had, uh, Joe Burrow, um, because they obviously would have been fighting for a playoff spot, but I think they're just going to continue to slide. Um, one thing that I do want to pose to you, all right, um, for the Bengals is head coach. Mm. With no, I'm I'm not saying that he he would get fired, but I mean I wish I could pull up the game specifically that he has had or coached without Joe Burrow. Um, it hasn't been that great this year at all. No. And I mean, it seems like he's really the franchise Joe Burrow is that it's not like this marriage that we have, like between Zach Taylor and Joe Burrow, like it doesn't seem like they're attached at the hip kind of thing. Do you think there's, do you think there's turmoil there? I don't think that like, there's like beef, but I definitely think that like if push comes to shove, like. Oh, if a push if push comes to shove, it's it's Joe Burrow over Zach Taylor for sure. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, like, I don't think I could see him getting fired ever mid season. I think especially right now. But like, what if they have a disappointing year again next year, and Joe Burrow has like an injury or something where he's out for a couple games, and they lose those games? I mean, there. I think there would have to be some sort of like evaluation and be like, oh, dude, mm-hmm. Zach Taylor is not the kind of coach without Joe Burrow that we think he he is. I mean, part of being in the NFL is is managing disaster. I mean, look at what Robert Sala is having to do in in New York. I mean, he was expected to have Aaron Rodgers, a Hall of Fame quarterback, the entire season in there with a top five defense. Like it, things don't go to plan, and if as a head coach you can't handle that, you can't manage that. That's a problem. So, if they were to have another bad year next year without Joe Burrow, if you were to get hurt or whatever happens, I definitely think evaluation is, is fair. I mean, he's, he's led his team to a Super Bowl. Zach Taylor has, but you know, you're only as recency is more important than, than uh, your entire bio in my opinion. Yeah. What have you so, done for me lately? Exactly. Exactly. What have you done for me lately? And what has happened lately with Zach Taylor is, subpar performance and i mean you the team that you have is what you have on the field and you have to win with that team so if he's not able to win with whatever's on the field you got to figure it out also i think it's i think it's pretty important too in a sense for zach taylor to be able to be a coach or the Bengals to have a coach that can handle 
um, not having their starting quarterback every single week because Joe Burrow has had um, a fair Lots amount of injuries injury. in his career now. So yeah. it, it's not like ridiculous for me to say like, oh, next next year he could have like, you know, a knee injury that keeps him out for for four to five games, unfortunately. But he's had injuries and he had them in college and he and he's missed some time. So um, I think I don't think it's unreasonable. But you got the Jags too in this game, correct? Yes. Okay, so I have I got some upsets. You don't really have very many. I think you're kind of going chalk nah. again this week. I don't know. Maybe I'm going against the grain. Um, I'm playing I'm it so safe. Confident. Playing it you, safe. Okay. Do you have a lock this week? We'll do. We'll I'm do something. Lock. We'll do something like that. Yeah. Any of these games that you're looking at that you're like, you know what? There's no doubt that this team loses. No doubt that this team loses at all. No doubt. Or that this team wins, of course. You could look at it from both from both sides. No, I think I think my lock is gonna be Kansas City over Green Bay on the primetime game for tonight or not tonight, for tomorrow night. Uh I just don't see Green Bay doing much against this Kansas City team. So that that's gonna be my my lock. I'm gonna go Chargers over Patriots. Okay, I thought about that too. I think but... I think they would have to <laughs> we would need like the secret service to get Brandon Staley out of there. Um, <laughs> yeah. if, or, or to get him back to uh, LA. Cause I believe they're playing in Foxborough. They, they, yeah. we would need some extra security to get him back. Like they would, I don't think he could get on the plane back if they were to lose. So I think that there's just no way that uh, they lose this game, yeah. but yeah. those have been our picks for week 13 of the NFL season. This has been the Streakers Podcast, second episode on video. I'm Patrick Previty. That's Mason Migliera. We'll be back next week reviewing uh, all of the great football that we're about to get this weekend and potentially talking a little bit of the NBA because the in-season tournament will be kicking off more than likely uh, during the next episode. So see you then. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.